Hey everyone, welcome to Founders 365 with me, Stephen Haggerty. Today, I am joined by the founder of Paradigm Consulting, Mr. Pete White. How are you today, Pete? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. And I just noticed as soon as I press live, the sun has just gone right in your face. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> it's like it's, before that, it was fine. And then as soon as I press record, it went in your face. But we're power through. I'm sure you can handle it. Yeah, um, So lovely to have you on the show it's been a long time in the making like we said before i would you know first question as always is just give me an overview of who you are what you guys what you do and we can just go from there yeah so um paradigm consulting basically we are mental health kind of training and consulting um so the idea is that we go into usually kind of corporate settings uh we talk to the you know the management and then and the, the hr there um, and we'll put some kind of bespoke in place. So we do a lot of training work around mental health awareness, uh, mental health first aid. Um, we do kind of uh, policy work, so kind of make sure that they, they know how to look after their staff and if something goes wrong, what they're going to do about it. Um, yeah, and uh, it's, it's, it, we've, we've only been going since October and it's been absolutely amazing. It's been yeah. fantastic. It seems like you've you guys you've really hit the ground running, managed to speak to the right people, and it's obviously a service and product, whatever we want to call it, that people are, are really wanting, right? Yeah, yeah, and especially right now with, with with everything that's going on, there's there's a lot of focus shifting onto mental health because you know people are are spending days and, and weeks on their own at yeah. home, um, you know, so you've got a lot of isolation and kind of loneliness, you've got stress. You know, there's, there's a lot of anxiety about the future. There's a lot of kind of depression stuff going around about, you know, people people haven't got what they had before, you know, they haven't got the same comforts mm. and assurances. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it kind of, for me, I've seen I was as, as a really key time to to get out and, and, and do what we're doing to, to spread the message. Yeah. And you, you really, you said a term there, mental health first aid. Uh, and this term, probably, I'm guessing, wouldn't have been around maybe three years ago, five years ago. Uh, yeah. To be honest, the first time I heard it, I think, was through you in terms of that specific phrase. Yeah. Is that something you came up with or is no. that a new so, thing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been around for, I don't know, I, 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 I want to say about seven years. Okay. Um, and it's it's kind of, yeah, it's only kind of come into being in a, in a, in a much more powerful sense in the last kind of three, four years, really. Mm. Um, and the entire idea really behind it is that, your mental health is just as important as your physical health when it comes to, to you know, yeah. to looking after it. And if something goes wrong, you know, to, to getting some support with it. Um, and the entire idea behind it is that if someone's struggling and that might be just, you know, they're having a really shitty day and they just need somebody to talk to and vent off all the way down the line to, you know, this person's in crisis and they need mm. immediate support now. Um giving people the, the, the skills and knowledge to do that. Because a lot of people, if they were to sit down with somebody and and this is someone that's happened to me several times now and, and the person said, so I'm I'm going to kill myself. Um, and a lot of people would go, oh my God, I, you know, yeah. I don't know what to say. I'm going to say the wrong thing. And I, I get that. It's a really scary thing. Um, so it's saying, right, okay, you know, this is how you might respond to that. This is how you progress. This is how you can support them. And honestly, it's been it's been amazing to see the impact and the, get, to get the stories back after the deliver mm. training, um, you know. And, and the, the, there's literally been lives saved because of of of, of what we do. And, and for me, that's just 
amazing. Um, there's no better reward than that, really, is there? Exactly. You know, there's it's it's worth more than any any money in the world. Mm. Um, you know, it's and I've I, I actually consider myself fortunate that I've I've been in a position to prevent two suicides now. And although they're they're really hard things to go through with somebody supporting someone, it's quite emotionally draining to to sit back and go, Jesus, I've actually saved a life because yeah. of that. That's just amazing. Um, so yeah, it's in. I think when when mental health first aid came out, um, some people kind of scoffed at it. Went, oh, you know, it's it's just a it's just a fad, or you know, kind of what is that? Yeah. And then the longer it's around, and the more it gets, the kind of message gets spread, the more people are going actually. You know, there's generally something behind this. Mm. It's 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 a real thing, um, and that's why the the health and safety executive have now said that businesses should classify it on the same level as as physical first aid. Yeah, massively. I'm really curious to know when you're dealing with companies, who is it? Who's the people that bring you in? You know, is it the is it the company owner? Is it the HR? Is it uh, another aide? Who's the person that goes right? We need to bring this into the company. Um, I think there's there's kind of three key kind of people really. So I have had um, CEOs and, and and directors bring me in, um, and that's uh, I'm I'm a big believer in utilizing what you've got. So mm-hmm. a lot of the business I've got has come from people I may, might already know in a different capacity. Um, so there's that there's lower level managers who like what I do, and they then put it up to their managers. Yeah. Um, and then there's the the HRs a big key kind of target customer of mine. And when I'm out and about kind of marketing myself, I tend to target the execs and, and the HR because they're the people who really have kind of the oversight of, of the company mm. in terms of they they can see what's going on and they can identify that they need somebody like me to come in and, and help out basically. Yeah. You would think that a good HR team are in that very good position to know that information. Um, yeah. And again, I guess a, a red flag for you if you go into company and they don't know is even more reason they should be hiring you. Exactly. And I, I get it a lot where I'll, you know, I might send a bit of a lead generation email to somebody or a message and I'll, I'll get replied back like, thanks, but we've got no need for that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm there going, no, you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this, this email specifically means you do need. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, it crazy, but times are changing, which is really nice. But I'm really, you know, you wouldn't be where you are today without your incredible backstory um so i'd love to touch upon that in the sense of how you've got to that stage where you've decided to go you know i'm going to start this company i'm going to help i'm going to put myself on the front line as as per uh, the saying is yeah so um it all kind of started in 2011 so i was deployed to afghanistan uh with the royal air force uh, i worked in communications and um basically my my, my job for 10 weeks um I, I was there for four and a half months but this job for 10 weeks was working in uh, cancel the word uh, casualty reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, to cut a long story short, I spent ten weeks on night shifts on my own, kind of watching people be be killed and injured in wow. in in, in, in theatre. Um, and you know, you, you can imagine that this this would have an impact on someone's health, and it really did for me. Mm. Um, so I was diagnosed with uh, uh, post traumatic stress disorder and severe depression in uh, twenty sixteen. Um, and at one point, I was actually having uh, psychotic episodes as well. So I was literally losing touch with reality, which was almost my my brain's way of trying to protect me. Yeah. Um, it was actually doing the opposite, but bless it, it tried. Um, and uh, 
so at one point, you know, I was I was I was suicidal and I was um I had tried to hurt other people because um there was there was one time when I was, I was driving my car on my, my base, I saw a guy and my head just went, he's a terrorist, him. And I went, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Then so I so I tried to run him over. Um but this made total sense to me at the time. And it wasn't until afterwards I went, hang on a second, yeah, something's something's not right. Yeah. Um so yeah, and I was I was kind of in, in really in depth in a lot of detail planning a trip to fly into Syria because this was 2015, um, and this was when ISIS were really you know at their at their peak of doing their thing. Yeah. Um, and I was you know I was spending my time on on um, on the dark web and I was researching you know weapons and and tactics and body armor and you know where where would be best for me to actually fly into and do mm. this. Um, and it wasn't until many years after that, well, I say many years, probably about 2018, that I actually openly, openly admitted to people that this was a suicide mission. Um, you know, so I planned to go do this, but I, I knew and wanted to die in the process. And um, that was really when things started changing. That's when my my kind of mental health care team started to kind of wake up and go, actually, you know, this isn't just kind of low, low mood like they've, they've been calling it for, for years. Yeah. Um, so then that's when, you know, things like uh, there was a certain uh, therapies uh, like uh, EMDR, which is a specialist um, P- PTSD therapy, mm-hmm. um, and my medication change and what, and I kind of had a lot of CBT counselling. When, when that stuff really started to kick in, um, I had quite a drastic and quite a quick improvement. Within the space of six months, you know, wow. there was a big improvement. Um, and that's when I kind of just sat up and I went, I've been ill for seven years now. And I've relied on other people to try and help me, which absolutely no people should look look for help. But at the same time, I realised that it was up to me to help myself as well. Um, and it was my person, my it was my responsibility to to take charge of my life. So then I got into the whole person development world and coaching world, um, and I think all those things compounded just completely changed my life beyond any recognition. Um, so it was it was after that, and I was kind of I'm, I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm kind of 90, 95% symptom free. There's still some anxiety stuff there, and yeah, that kind of thing. And like, yeah, November is quite a tough month for me because of various things. Um, and I was just like, I really want to um work in a job where I can help mm. help other people. You know, I was I was working in, in IT at the time, I'd uh, um, I, uh, I'd left the military in 2017, and um. I was like, you know, I'd, but I'd, 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 I don't know what to do kind of thing. And I was just having a chat about it with my wife. And I said, you know, kind of this is what I want to do. I want to be able to help people with their mental health, but not not directly, not as a therapist. You know, I want to teach yeah. people how to support others and that's this kind of thing. And we just kind of were, we realized that it was a consultant that I was I was describing. So I was like, okay, how do you do that? <laughs> and I kind of I just started digging and digging and digging and um, I, I took a coaching, coaching qualification, so I learned how to really listen to people and explore kind of what's going on for somebody on, on, a, on a psychological level. Um, and then uh, I just, yeah, but a paradigm was kind of, was, was born out of the fact that when I was in the military, um, the way that my, my chain of command handled me was, was really quite poor. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was accused of faking it and I was accused of... Oh, wow. um, uh, the one said, "Oh, you know, you're 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 not allowed to go on this hill walk and uh, uh, bed with the guys because you might throw yourself off a cliff," um, which was the actual words they used, um, and it was all all this kind of stuff. And 
then when I got into Civvy Street, I realised that Civvy Street isn't much much different in terms of how mm. people, not everyone, but how a lot of people look at mental health. And, you know, if someone's unwell in work, often people just go, okay, go home for three weeks, six weeks, come back when, you, when you're better kind of thing. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. Um, you know, work is one of the primary, um, well, put, put it this way, in 60% of mental health cases, work is a factor. Um I'm surprised it's that low, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, to be honest, it, it probably is high than the actual yeah. real figure, but it's always hard to get the, the real accurate stuff for this. Um, and uh, I just said, you know, this this isn't good enough. There's so little mm. place, and there's a lot of mental health first aid trainers out there. But what 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 most of them do is they go in, train, and leave again. It's kind of yeah. a, a box ticking exercise. And I didn't want to do that, so I was like, right, you know, I'll go in, I'll train, I'll train and stuff. Um, but then. I can stick around, you know, I can be a mm. consultant. You can ask me about certain cases. You can, um, you know, can put systems in place. Um, and then I just kind of st- start to tell people about the idea and more and more people are like, oh, I love that. Let's have a chat. And yeah, yeah, come on, let's have a chat. And literally as of, what, three, four weeks ago, I landed a contract with the NHS. Amazing. Um, which how, was, did, how, how did that feel when you got that email or that phone call? It was an in-person chat. I actually went, went there and spoke to them, and it took months. You know, I think one of the things I didn't realise when I got into business is how long these big contracts take. Yeah, um, meetings about a meeting, about a meeting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, so I went down and I spoke with them, and they kind of said, okay, you know, the, um, this is what we'd like, da 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 And then it was almost the kind, of case, kind of the case of, okay, when can you start? <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> You know, and my, my syndrome was going nuts because I was like, I can't do this, I can't do this. Um, so then I think it didn't really hit me until I left the, the hospital after that meeting. And I phoned my wife and I was like, I've, I've got it. I've, you know, I've, I've like, we've got a contract. And I just went, okay, th- th- this is happening. No, I mean, I, I, I had done work previous to that for other companies and stuff, but as a, as, a, as a new business, there were all quite small contracts. Yeah. And then there was this where it's a kind of a minimum you know, a 12 month t- t- type commitment. Um, and I was like, wow, okay. So yeah, let, let, let's, let's do this. Let's go for it. And it was just, it was quite, what's good. It was quite kind of vindicating. It was quite, mm. it just showed me that I was, I was, I was on the right track and what I was doing was, was, was bang on. I mean, it's not a bad, bad client to land the NHS. That's a pretty clear indicator that what you're offering is needed and yeah. is valued. Um yeah. Which is great, you know, well done on doing that because I think that's such a great asset to have in terms of them having you. Um, in terms of what you, you know, from where you've been in that seven years of of mental health challenges and everything like that to now moving into that different position of standing at the front of the room rather than at mm-hmm. the back or, or sitting in the room. How does that feel when you're teaching and when you're training and when you're, like you said earlier, you know, you're set, you're effectively saving people and educating them to do that. How does that feel in terms of just being a, a, a founder of a company that has that much impact in terms of people's lives? It's amazing. Honestly, it's, it's, it's one of the best feelings ever. And I've had a couple of times now where I've been, I've been presenting or maybe I've been doing a, a public speech or something and I might say to people, you know, okay, go off and do this task, or I want you to think about this. So you've got, you've got, a, you know, sixty seconds or so of silence. Mm-hmm. And it's times I've stood, I've stood there at the front of the room, kind of going, "Holy shit, I'm, I'm doing this." You know, this is because of me, and this is just amazing. Um, you know, if you consider where I was, where I literally saw no value in myself in in, in mm-hmm. this world, and um, you know, I spent 
the, uh, most of my waking hours thinking about how I could end my life and stuff. And that, that there's this point now where, you know, people are looking at me as as an expert, which is a really weird thing to say, by the way, <laughs> in 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 this kind of field in the subject area. Um, and it's 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 amazing. And the fact that it's helping people as well is just phenomenal. It's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, you say expert's a weird, weird name to call yourself, but what better expert is there than someone that has been through what you've been through and come out the other side? Yeah, and I, I think that's that's one of the, the, the I think that's why I consider myself so lucky because I don't regret anything that happened. I mean, maybe yeah. trying to run the guy over, yeah, maybe. Um, but I don't regret any of it because mm -hmm. it, it set me up to where I am now and I can use my story as a really powerful vehicle yeah, to, to, to deliver this message. You know, I'm not just a trainer droning on. I'm kind of going, okay, you know, this is depression. These are the symptoms. And this is how it actually happened for me. You know, this is right. an example of it. And that's when people kind of wake up and look here and kind of say, okay, you know, I, I, I understand this now because this is how he experienced it. Mm. And, and you mentioned earlier about how there's there's a couple, you know, there are companies out there that go in, deliver the training and leave, and it's that checkboxing situation. How do you handle that difference in mindset from companies and, you know, HR, whoever's checking those box to go from that, okay, we're going to check that box, but also we're going to add on these other boxes that we're going to support on? Yeah, I think for me, it's it's to give them examples. So when I'm in front talking to somebody in the audience and you're, you, you might find in that consultation that they're saying, um, oh, you know, we, we want this much training and we want this and, you know, mm -hmm. we want this kind of package. And I'll say to them, okay, have you got anything in place for if somebody were to, um, you know, be be suicidal or might 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 make an attempt on their life in work? And, and that has happened. Mm. And that's when you kind of notice kind of silence descend on the room and they're kind of going, well, no. And said, okay, so well, what about putting something in place for that? Um, and I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of them expect me to just be this tick box trainer. Yeah. So when I, you know, but when I say to them, um, you know, after I leave, you know, we can have this arrangement where you can call me and this kind of thing. Um, that kind of just opens up that that door for them. You know, mm. kind of opens up that that awareness. Um, and by the sounds of it, not many other people are offering that. No, and honestly, and that really surprises me. You know, there are a lot of very experienced people out there. You know, probably more experienced than, than myself. Well, definitely more experienced than myself. Um, but they're just kind of delivering this pre-packaged thing, and then mm -hmm. off, off the go. And they could they could utilize their skills so much better, be so much more powerful. And let's face it, it's a business, makes so much more money. Yeah. If they were to utilize their own experiences better, and not just train to a predefined package. Mm. how in terms of that in terms of mental health packages that companies should be adopting you know if we go right to the top so like government level guidelines that sort of thing are there things in place that large companies have to abide by and if there are what needs to change to make it better so in terms of what they have to abide by like the kind of legislation it's actually really flaky so the legislation just says they need to effectively make reasonable adjustments or make or make a reasonable effort to support their staff's yeah. well-being which and is why you see so many people say go home for three weeks that's yeah yeah effort. or or, or companies just you know you might have a company of 200 people and, and they'll train two mental health first aiders yeah and the ratio that the 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 recommended ratio is one to ten um not one to a hundred exactly <laughs> 
Um, and you know, in in a, in a previous company I worked for, I, I was a mental health first aider for them. Of it's about sixty people, mm. um, and I was getting people almost everything every week having some different level of of issues, and that's so draining for, yeah. excuse me, for the first aider as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's in terms of what needs to change, I think it's a. Sh- a, a an awareness of the sheer scale of of what's what's required, mm. and just how much of an impact mental health has, um, because and how broad that word is as well. Mental or the words are mental health, yes. because I think five years ago it was people were very narrow, not narrow minded, but even advertised it was quite a narrow minded field in terms of like yeah. depression and and those sort of thoughts. When actually it's so large now, the scope of even from like people's relationship with food and how that's dealt with in an office, all these kind of options uh, that it's just, and it's just going to get bigger as we become more aware. And as I think people become more honest with employers and with themselves, all these issues are just going to get bigger in the terms of what we can do, which is great for your business because it's like a never ending scope. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I think it's, it's when you kind of give people some of the, some of the, the, the stats about it. So, for example, seventy-five mm. percent uh, uh, of people who have who are suffering with a mental illness will not be diagnosed, and they won't get any support. Yeah. Um, and then, if you look at if you get a room full of managers, and I've done this uh, quite a lot of times, get a room full of managers and say, okay, out of everyone here who's had an employee who's had a mental health issue, and the entire room will just put the hand up, and you'll say, right, okay, so why has this company not not done anything about this? Mm. Because not only does this does this person need support, but that manager needs support in how to support them. Yeah, and you know, like I kind of alluded to before, if they help somebody who's in crisis, you cannot expect that person who's just given that support to then go back and carry on working. It, yeah, it sure. can't happen because they need time to go and process this, and mm. ideally get some support themselves. So it's it's a full circle thing, um, and that's why I always talk to companies about putting kind of foundations in place and building on the foundations. Because if you just do a mental health first aid course for 10, 16 people and then leave, there's no yeah. foundations. No. Um, like you said, it's, it's that checkbox. You know, yeah. they've done it. It's the same as a normal first aid course. Great, you know, CPR. But yeah. if if someone fell over in front of you and needed it, are you going to be able to use it? Yeah. Uh, that sort of education. That, kind of, that brings me on to a really good question that I would love to find out is, you know, we talk about that cycle of help. How do you ensure that you're making yourself, you know, at that peak and at that best state to be able to help and deliver others? Because it must be quite draining on you sometimes. Yeah, it can be. I mean, certainly because because of the, of the position I'm in, you know, and I've, I've published a book on mental health and I do these mm-hmm. talks, I quite often get people approach me for, you know, just a conversation about their mental health. And I love that. But I, you know, not long after starting, I noticed my own, kind of mental health dipping a bit because it was taking its toll so i've got a few systems in place so i've got a coach myself and sometimes i just verbally vomit all over my coach bless her you know i'll pay for it but still she just sits (laughs) down and just go blah um i've also got a um a what's the word uh counseling supervisor Mm -hmm. so it's basically somebody i'll pay just to be kind of on on the end of the phone but they're a qualified counselor yeah um and I can just verbally vomit on them, but they can kind of help me work through it on a psychological basis. Um, what's really important for me personally, and I, I preach this from the rooftops to everyone who, who wants to know, is I have quite an effective care plan. Um, so it's literally three stages I've got written on my phone, so it's with me everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And if I notice my health might, might be dipping or I've had a hard day for whatever reason, I'll pull up a care plan. And level one might be things like walk the dog, meditate, go watch a movie. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Something super simple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it always, level one is always just me. So it doesn't yeah. rely on anybody else being there. Um, then level two is other people. So maybe talk to the wife, talk to the coach, um, maybe, I don't know, um, call my, my counselling supervisor. And level three is when you're getting the the medical professionals involved. So go back to yeah. the doctor, you know, go back to, I've got a therapist who I can call and go have a session with um, and all this kind of thing. And in what the what we're talking about, three and a half years now, um, I've not had a full-on relapse ever. I've had a lot of triggers. I've had a lot of rough days, mm. um, but I've never had a full relapse because that care plan's always caught me. Yeah. And when, when you kind of put all those th- systems in place, you give yourself the best possible chance. Um, and the other thing for me is just that that awareness, that knowledge, because I've I've, I've lived it, I know how to recognise yeah, some of, of the course. signs and symptoms and stuff now. Yeah, um, your awareness is like second to none. It, it's commendable, which I love. <laughs> uh, how has the, you know, where you are now in this space of you know, having a great business, doing what you love, helping people, basically, if we talk about checkboxing again, you're like checking all the positive boxes in your life. How has just doing that had the impact in your environment with your family and, and friends? Because they must notice a huge difference in you. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really I funny. I think you were like, no, nah, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um when i was ill i basically pushed everybody away so i lost a lot of friends when i was ill so now i'm on the other side of it um it's almost like through doing what i'm doing i'm making a completely new set of friends you know don't get me wrong there's still some old personalities there you know guys who are all very close to my heart um and it's 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 interesting because um people are just interested in what i do and love asking questions about it because I always look at a mental illness like sex toys. Loads of people have them. Nobody talks about them. Yeah. Right. So when when you got somebody like me who works in the area, you know, if you talk about sex toys, you got like a someone who works for Ann Summers. They're going to get asked loads of questions about that stuff. It's the same kind of thing. Exactly. Um, and yeah, it's you know, it's it's fantastic because people come to me for support, and I won't always say, okay, let's sit down and chat because mm. I've learned I've learned the hard way and over, over time that I cannot support everybody who approaches me. But I can say, okay, let's have a quick chat and then look at these avenues, you know, kind of signpost people on. Yeah. Um, and in terms of my my wife, um, she's just incredible. I mean, she is she spent 10 years as a, as a qualified counsellor herself. So she's kind of very much my, um, almost my consultant. So yeah. as I'm working, I'll say, Kel, is, is, is this right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> and we've got such a fantastic relationship because of our past experiences and stuff. So yeah, you know, with all with all marriages, we'll hit you know, troubles and, and whatever else. Yeah. But because of the areas we work in, we're amazing at sitting down and talking it through. Um, and I think working this job has really helped with that um, because we've, we've, you know, I found firsthand just how powerful a single conversation can be. Yeah, I bet. So where do you want to take Paradigm? What's your big goal in terms of making where, where this where's this going to go? It's you know what it's it it's it's a scary thought almost because it's so early days, um, and the way my head works, I'm, I'm kind of hyper up there. Yeah. Um, so my my absolute dream is to not so much franchise, but to have elements of Paradigm across the country. Yeah. You know, have kind of qualified trainers and consultants and stuff. Um, and um, 
you know, we can, you might have somebody like for me, I could specialize on the NHS, mm. you know, somebody else might specialize in this industry, that kind of thing. Um, and what I'm doing at the moment is I'm putting together online learning courses, you know, like, um, kind of uh, uh, automated, le- not automated yeah, learning. Yeah, e-courses type thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and I, I, that's just kind of going to uh, extend our reach so much. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to have that up in the next two or three weeks um, where, you know, anybody around the world could 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 take our training and yeah. stuff. For me, that's just amazing. And that's where I'd, I'd, I'd really like it to go. And it's just the numbers of people you can reach because, you know, every, every one person you help personally is going to help God knows how many people as yeah. a knock-on effect, which again must just feel amazing. Um, which you know, it's such a lovely conversation having with you because of where you've been from and now what you're doing. And I could just see the passion and, and hear the passion in your voice. So again, kudos to you, Pete. Um, you. Listen, my f- two two last questions. Number one is if you could give three tips to anyone that it may be suffering with mental health at the moment or, you know, in the circumstances that we are, obviously huge shifts in environment, things are changing. Uh, what would three tips be for them, for you to give them that can just help them, you know, maybe feel a little bit more like themselves? Um, I think the, the first and most important for me is under no circumstances, no matter what situation you, you find yourself in, do not ever, ever give up. There is, everything is temporary and it will pass. Um, so that's the first one is don't ever give up. Second one is get a care plan. Um, I will happily speak to anybody about doing a care plan. I, I teach it all the time. Um, just find ways to look after yourself because that, that's key. Um, and third one is just talk, talk to each other. Um, ask if somebody else is okay. But if also if you're suffering, say something. It's it's yeah. it's the single most best thing you can do because as soon as you have that conversation, you are opening up so many doors of support that you often don't even know are there. And the weight lifted off your shoulders as soon as you have that conversation is crazy. Absolutely. It really is. It's unpredictable how much it weighs on people until they have that conversation sometimes. Uh, But no, Pete, three fantastic tips as always. My last one is how how can people get in touch with you? How was the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, so um, they can email me. So that's Pete at paradigmconsulting.co.uk. And that's P-A-R-A-D-Y-M-E. Um, bit of a weird spelling. Um, <laughs> trendy, trendy spelling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, you can go, go on our website, so paradigmconsulting.co.uk, um, or you can find us. Um, you can find us on Facebook, uh, just Paradigm Consulting. Um, yeah, any any of those really. Um, I mean, it'd be great. I was I would absolutely love to hear of people. Excellent, Pete. Thank you so much for coming on Founders Three Six Five. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad we've got it done finally. Yes, and, mate. Uh, it's been a long time in the coming, so thank you for that, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on board. Cheers, Pete. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. This has been Founders 365.